Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job to fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. 
Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I want to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. Scalpel. Scalpel. Tweezers. Tweezers. Ham sandwich. Ham what? Sandwich. I was going to eat lunch when I got my oil changed earlier, but take five is so fast I didn't have time. But sir, you can't eat during surgery. Eh, one bite won't hurt. Whoops. Uh, Napkin. Napkin! At Take 5, your oil change is faster than you think. Take 5, the stay-in-your-car 10-minute oil change. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Get excited on Wednesdays. I, I, I can't help myself. It's another Wednesday with Watson Brown. Wednesdays with Watson. Wednesdays with Sean Sinclair. Cinco, good morning to you, brother. Are you excited for another Wednesday with Watson and a huge week as Tennessee gets ready to hook it up? Really hook am, it up thanks. with with a with a crumbling tide. Yeah, I really am. Thanks for having me again. And uh, yes, I this is an absolute highlight of my week to spend it with you and Brian and the and the listeners. And uh, and it's, it's extra special now that uh, Coach Brown has joined your group. Really sweet guy. We have a lot to talk about with him because the Vols are um, the Vols are different club than we thought they would be alabama's a a lot more like tennessee than tennessee is like them um and you know you just kind of don't know in sports but you have to one thing about this stuff the great coaches are the guys yesterday we're talking to kevin kevin skarbinski the great coaches are the ones that don't try to take a square peg and jam it into a round hole. They take what they have, and, and they do with it what they will. And um, that's what we're seeing here in Knoxville. Uh, and I think it's kind of neat. I think it's going to be an interesting thing to watch now that we're halfway through the season. And we kind of know who we are. So I think it's going to be kind of fun to watch going forward here. I think we've got a really compelling football season out in front of us here this uh, second half of the year, Sean. I do. And one thing to remember, uh, we've all we've all gotten um, used to the flash and the entertainment and the high-paced yep. scoring and all that. And it's great. I mean, it's fantastic. I wish we were there. But you know, we're not there right now. But I want, some, I want to keep perspective for everybody is that while many of the fans remember the downtimes, uh, 
we're two and a half years into Josh Heupel. And really, the recruits that mean something right now are juniors in high school. They don't know anything about Butch Jones. They don't know anything about Jeremy Pruitt. They don't know anything about the guys in state, maybe a little bit. But this guy, even if we don't have, we're top 15, uh, we'll likely be there at the end of the year. Yep. Uh, we're uh, still one of the best rushing teams in the country. Our defense is getting better. The program is getting better. Recruiting is getting better. And I'd like people to just take a – I'm not here to tell you what to think or what you're not seeing, what you're seeing or not seeing is right or wrong, but the script has been flipped on recruits. And the, the old history is irrelevant now, much like the national championship is irrelevant. I hate to say that so far in the past but so is our so are our struggles kids kids don't know anything about that stuff right now all they know is the past three years every time you walk in Neyland, it's jam-packed oh. full-throated it's an absolute uh production and we're winning so you know it if this is a lower point for this program wow what a change and uh i want to thank all those involved in that I was talking to Marcos Garza this morning, and uh, he was saying, you know, Tony, the, the thing that's really amazing about what's going on here, he said, is that I've had to go out to Alumni Hall a couple times and just get those shirts on those weeks where we're sitting in different places or there's a different theme or whatever it is. And, and he was saying, you know, that's kind of a ingenious thing that they've done but in a lot of ways, there's also something to be said for fan involvement and the whole buy-in from our fan base. Brian started Monday's program, if I could shine the light on Brian, by saying the following. Four and two, six and oh, five and one. That's the three seasons of Josh Heupel, his first six football games. You stop and think about that for a second. That is fantastic. I don't care how you're doing it. You know, my son played coming up golf, which is a sport those guys all say it's it's about it's about numbers, not painting pictures. And football's a lot like that. You know, we to your point, Sean, we got so used to being the funnest team in town to watch and the funnest game and must see TV and I still think to some extent Tennessee is must see TV. Um, this year they're doing it in a different way. They're being forced to do it in a different way. We're going to talk to Watson Brown about that. About Because I do think at some point Brent Hubbs asked a great question of Hypel, which is do you alter the way you're calling games? Do you alter the way we were going for everything and take your points? Um, in our day, we didn't think of it as taking your medicine. In this day, Sean, they think of kicking field goals as taking your medicine. Uh, when we were kids, a field goal was great. That meant you scored. Uh, today, that means you're leaving four points on the board. At any rate, I think these guys are going to recalibrate, and it's going to be real interesting to see them do that in real time because you're getting ready to get into a game with Alabama where – on the plaster show we were talking yesterday 
and I gave you a shout out. But points are going to be you got to take them where you can get them this weekend, I believe, Sean. So it's going to be fun to watch. I agree. Another another um, twenty thousand foot observation is you know you you're given a hundred and twenty yards. You're given a set of rules, and you're given a finite amount of time. It doesn't matter what you do with all those in between. As long as you come up with one more point than the other person. And so it, it could it could be a shootout. It could be a 9-6. to six. It could be anything in between. Uh, but And I am not here to, again, tell anybody not to see what they, uh, what they see. But it hit me that the other day that this starting quarterback <laughs> has started eight games in a row and he's seven and one. Um, is he perfect? No. Is he good at times? No. But he's seven and one. And uh, and I get the clamor for the eight million dollar if that's the deal five star number. I get all that. However, part of this thing is. Part of the reason this team is doing well is because of the culture, uh, the building, as he says, meaning the physical building, uh, everything that they put in day-to-day. And you, it's not like, and I'm not trying to offend anybody or, or talk down to anybody, but it's not like Xbox where you just plug in a new guy and they go. No, their emotions, their feelings. Take a look at, take a look at what Kentucky has done the past two weeks since or the past week, and pre since Mark Stoops said, "Well, if you want better players, get at NIL." That's in exactly there. right. He, he's lost that team. Yep. You said and it so last week if, on the air. If you want to take away, you said it on the air. Hey, I'll brag on Sean for one sec. Sean said last week on the air, "You want to lose your football team? Go to the media and say something like that about your current group of players." Well played, Sean, yeah. because they folded. That Matt, uh, Matt was talking yesterday. They faked that punt at midfield. It was 14 nothing. It was 14-7, and those guys walked off the field on Mark Stoops last week. They walked right off the field on him, and they and deservedly so, hey, by the way. Hey, Tone. Yo. They're going to go 5-0 and they're gonna go five and oh to 5-7. Five and seven. I called that last week. Well, I don't know if they'll go 5-7, and seven, but they're done. And not only that, wow. that little comment right there, because as soon as you start – as soon as that game ended this week against Missouri, yep. who they should look at as a comparable team, yes, and they just got waxed, fingers start getting pointed. I, and then guess what happens? Then all of a sudden people start, the, your high school coach starts talking to Barry and Brown or, or any of these That's other right. guys. Say, That's exactly dude, right, Sean. Dude, uh, why are you putting up with this? We can get X amount of NIL down here, and then it's distraction. So right now, I get it. I get we want better yeah. play out of our quarterback, but right now we got everybody rowing in the same direction, and it's so fragile. You don't want to mess that up. And it's really fun, too, by the way. It's it's almost so hard to watch offensively at times uh, with the passing well, game that that's almost fun. It, there, there's like something yeah. compelling about winning in spite of what's going on and watching them kind of paint paint this thing in a different way. Go ahead, Bri. Yeah, look at the season so far. They've scored 23 offensive touchdowns, yeah. 25 overall. Yeah. And they've only given up 11. There you go. There you go. 
And as long as that's the case, and they are rocking quarterbacks. And but the schedule's going to get tougher. Sure it is. But Alabama's got issues protecting quarterback. We were talking yesterday, and we elaborated on, on this on the blog today. They've got a tackle issue. They've got an All-American at right tackle. On the blindside tackle, they're rotating two guys, neither of whom can get it done. They've got a true freshman they're trying to introduce. And they're in the conundrum we're in, which is, you going to put him on the field against uh, Tennessee? Pearson Barron, I don't think so. Uh, just like those of you that want to see, and look, I'm you know, I'm happy for you. I, I don't. I wasn't a great Milton fan coming into the year. I feel your pain. They're not going to play. Listen to me. They're not going to play a true freshman in these these SEC road games. They're just not at quarterback. They're just no more than Alabama is going to take a true freshman and put him out there against our ends. It's called you want to put people in a position for success, not failure. That's what you know that you got to you got to use some common sense here. So now the question becomes, how do you get from point A to point B and do it in one piece? We're going to talk to Watson Brown about that. Tennessee sort of reinvented themselves right in front of us. And then going forward, how do you manage this thing? We're going to talk with Watson. There are so many themes to discuss here with this club, with this team, uh, with a season that if you look at it, Brock Bowers is injured. Kentucky all of a sudden, I think they're in a little bit of disarray. And I think it was brought on by the ego of that head coach who's, I mean, let's just call it what it is. He's done a nice job there, but he's kind of an SOB. To do that to your kids... I mean, you just don't do that. To, your, to me, that's low rent. To me, that is a low rent thing to do to your current roster. And the one thing I said about Heupel when he first got here, Rick Barnes when he first got here, those guys never stood before the camera and said, wait till I get my players. I hate that. And by the way, the, the worst thing about what the guy at Kentucky did with they bought good players, uh, he recruited all the guys on his roster. It isn't like he inherited those players. Anyway, don't even get me started. We continue with more on the other side. And somewhere in here, Matt's boy, Eli Drinkafifth, uh, is tracking to be the coach of the year in the league. Honk if you had that. The Breck girl up there at, uh, at Missouri. More after this. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie. And you're listening to 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler Dodge Jeep or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call mepainfree.com or call 615-551-9224. 
In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. The generations that have paved the way for us deserve respect, integrity, and compassion. This is Kelly Dobson, owner of Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. My grandmother and mother started this business in 2005, and I was honored to take over in 2012. Licensed and insured, we help our aging community stay in the comfort of their own homes. Online at caringheartshomehealthcarellc.com, by phone 931-381-5470, or in person at 1121 Trawood Avenue here in Columbia. That's Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. Hey gang, Carl Wayne Meekins here. I want you guys to come out and see us live on Veterans Day, 11-11-23, 7 p.m. Guitar and Cadillac Hall that sits right on top of Puckett's in Columbia, Tennessee. Got a huge lineup for you. We've got Troy Kemp, Katrina Burgoyne, myself and my band, and then the legend Jimmy Wayne's going to come in for a few songs. Going to be a big night in Columbia, and Columbia ain't going to be the same. Okay, so get your tickets at eventbrite.com. Guitar and Cadillac's Carl Wayne Meekins. We'll see you there. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Reminder for you, Friday we're at Calhoun's on the River. Come on out and see us, eat some lunch, talk some sports, Steve Russell. Hold your phone calls, keep your powder dry. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, 
He's on the TLD Logistics Hotline. It is a dance craze that is absolutely sweeping the nation up there with the jerk, the twist, the great, the great Watson Brown now joining us. Watson, how you doing, brother? I can't even step out of that one. I can't step high enough to get out of that one. Well, you're my main man. We love you. Um, it, it goes both ways. A lot of respect for you guys, man. It's always an honor for me to come on. I'll just tell you that. Watson, really is an honor. Watson, 46 years coaching. What does he know? One of the great offensive minds in the history of the modern game. What does he know? Um, if you look up his Wikipedia, if you don't believe me, Watson Brown's been there and done that. He's seen him of all shapes and sizes. Watson, I would imagine you probably have never seen a quarterback, and we'll just start here since you coach that position and you know these guys and you played it at a really high level as well in college. Um, you, um, When you see a guy kind of run out of bounds short of the sticks the way our guy did the other day on the first drive, you and I were exchanging texts. Um, you talk about things on a football field you never thought you'd see. I mean, this guy's got some. This guy's got some strange plays in him now. I, uh, yes, that was the, the strangest one I've seen him do. To be very honest, in the last what year, about a year now, when he started playing late in the year and up till now, getting close to that, and that's that's the strangest thing I've seen him do. But I've had guys do that, and I'm going to tell you, it drives me. It drove me nuts. I've had quarterbacks do that. And I'll have them slide when they know right where that first down marker is. And, and instead of just going to get it, um, told them all the time, yes, take care of your body till it's critical. When it's a critical time, you got to go. I don't care. You got to go and let it go. And that one just made no sense to me because it, he did it right by the chains. Tony, it wasn't like the chains were on the other side of the field or anything. He did it right there by the chains. Only thing I take up for him, maybe he thought he did get there. I don't, I don't know, uh, but that that could have been real critical. As they went along, though, um, they decided you're going to run. You're going to play quarterback for us. You're going to run. Do you think we see more of that from him? Obviously, he's not comfortable doing that, but it looks like they went to him at halftime. Nobody's told me this, but it looks like they flipped the script on him and said, you're just going to do this. We're in a Southeastern Conference game. We're in our building. This is a highly competitive football game. Our passing game's not getting it done. You've got to op- help us open our offense up. Talk to me. Yes, I, I don't know that. The, yes, I think you nailed it all. But I think that's always been the plan with his quarterbacks is – in those critical games, at critical times, you've got to help us. And in close SEC games, at critical times, I think he calls on his quarterback. And uh, you remember Hendon didn't get hurt on a call running play. Hendon got hurt on a down-the-line option that he was running, and he planted the cut to keep the ball, and his knee just buckled on the spot. He didn't get hit. So his quarterback that he lost last year didn't get hurt in the ball with contact. And I think they're trying to use Joe the same way. They know Joe is not the runner Hendon was. They know that. But he's a good enough runner. And the one thing that you cannot game plan for 
in numbers is a quarterback running the ball with a with a back in the backfield that can block. Um, there's an extra blocker, an extra blocker on everybody when the quarterback carries the ball. Every coach in the country knows that now. In the old days, you couldn't do that because you're under the center. But then when you've gone to the gun now, these quarterbacks, the, I, I think they recruit them that way. They want quarterbacks with feet. They want quarterbacks they've seen carry the ball in high school some. And uh, Joe's going to do it more. I would say you'll see it again this week in Alabama uh, because I think it's going to be a very close game. You were saying that they, and then and then I'll let Sean and Bry jump in here as we have Watson Brown joining, uh, who joins us <clears throat> Wednesdays with Watson Brown. Wonderful uh, having him here. You were saying, uh, Watson, off the air to me, that they just have to ask this guy, and they've got to find other ways to win. Uh, elaborate on that if you can. Well, I, I hear, even after the game the other day, I chuckle. I see everybody, oh, Tennessee, they can't throw it like they used to. They won, man, and they they won in a a way that Tennessee hadn't been able to do in a while. So give Josh credit for bringing recruiting well enough to where you could win a game like that. And uh, they won it with a defensive front, defensive front seven that dominated the line of scrimmage again, just like South Carolina. They did it again to A&M, same way. And they ran the ball for over 200 yards. I mean, that usually wins you a lot of football games. So I'm not, I'm not throwing up any white flags or scared about this or that with Tennessee right now. I like what I see. The bad is they cannot throw the ball as well as they did last year. I think last week totally proved that to Josh. That'd be my bet. And again, I've not talked to him or anything. I'm giving. If I'm sitting in his chair, that's all I can do is talk to you that way. And I think they saw after that game, okay, guys, here's where we are. He cannot handle, uh, he does not throw the ball well. He doesn't freeze, but when there's people around him, uh, he doesn't throw the ball well. We can say that about every quarterback, but some handle it a lot better than others. And what he does is he don't hold it and take the sacks. He, he, gets tight, and then throws it harder. And then all of a sudden, his deep balls are back to being two and three and four yards overthrown, just barely. But the way it rips out of his hand, it's it's not catch-upable to. The receiver can't get to it. And so, to me, that's what he does the poorest. He's not good in the pocket with people around him. I'd do one of two things. In third and long, I'd back him up another yard, a yard and a half. I did that with short quarterbacks some, Tony. I'd back them up in the gun deeper than where they normally stand. Normally they're about five yards. I'd put him at six, six and a half, and make sure he takes his good three-step drop. Don't take little choppy steps. Get off the line of scrimmage. That gets everything out of your eyes more, and maybe then he'll he'll handle that better. Second thing I think they got to do with him is Get it out, get out of his hands a lot quicker in um, chain downs. When you're within the chains and it's still run pass, everything needs to be a catch and throw. Now they can they can throw deep balls with catch and throw because they they practice fades and quick post all the time. So make sure when he's in chain downs where they don't know if you're running or throwing, 
catch and throw, and then third and long, I'd back him up and see if I could get him away from. Because he's not getting sacked, but there is there is bodies around him. They're pressing pockets on him. The line's doing a pretty good job, if you ask me. And uh, he's just he's not great like Hendon when he'd get in those third downs. Could slide in the pocket and make a play. That's not Joe's deal. And he could scramble and make a play. That's not Joe's deal. So he's six foot five or six. Back him up. Take three good steps, one, two, three, hitch, and and let it go, and see if that they're not further away from him than than they are the other way. Now you have to adjust your tackle pass protections just a little bit because the pocket changes a little. That's a little bit far fetched, but I've done that many times. I did it more with short quarterbacks more than a guy that just didn't handle the pressure as much. Really interesting. Um... Were you surprised? We were talking about this yesterday. Texas A&M's defending Tennessee the other day like it was last season and never came out of it. And they let Tennessee gash him with the running game. You know Everybody's Nick. Everybody's playing them the same way, Tony. Yeah, you've they, seen they, Nick. Texas A&M yeah. played them just like Florida played them. They That's did right. it in a 50 front. Yeah. The thing that everybody thinks Tennessee's pretty vanilla in the running game because you turn hand to a back. The blocking schemes, they're creative now. The other day, they were running what I call the power play. Texas A&M had, they weren't in a four-man front. They were in a a 50 front, and their tackles were playing tight on the tackles, which is their base defense, I think. Now, they're getting a four-man front. I'm not saying that. But when they were doing that, Tennessee would put their tight end, and and I'm going to say this about the Tennessee tight end. He's not as good in space as the last year's guy, but he's a better blocker. He's a better blocker than last year's guy. And so they put him in a spot where he'd go right at that tackle's leg, and the guard would pull around and the ball was bouncing outside. Completely different scheme than they've used in any other game. So they are creative in their running game and what they're doing. But everybody this year is basically saying, we're not going to let you throw it. We're going to put six or five, six or less, in the box. But six in the box to with a gun run quarterback and all that, that's not an extra man. So it's hat on hat on everybody in there. And Tennessee's been able to handle it. Sooner or later, somebody's going to come more. They're going to come more. And with 11 of 22 the other day, Alabama might be the one to come that's more. That's what I'm let's, thinking. Let, let's see what happens this week. Yeah. But Alabama's really good at playing the run, too. But so was Texas A&M. I told you, I think Texas A&M is the best defense in the SEC. I do. They don't look it sometimes because their offense just isn't very good. I think they're better than Alabama on defense. If they had a good offense to go with what they're doing, that defense would be really good. And I think they just played the best defense in the SEC. I think they're playing the second best defense this week. You think Alabama, I was going to ask you about Nick, and, and, I, and I love the answer there. Do they do they commit a little bit more to the box and say tennis to Tennessee? Look, um, this is not twenty twenty two. Your guys aren't walking back through that door, and we're not going to let you rush for two hundred thirty yards on us unless that quarterback gets out and runs around. We're going to do our dead level best to take this away from you. Uh, you'd mention that. Do you think that Alabama has a good enough secondary? To put everybody out there, man up, and, and take their chances? I don't think it matters to Nick. 
Nick's defensive ego. He ain't going to let somebody sit there and rush for 230, 40, 50 yards. He's not going to let them. That's just, he can't handle that himself. And so he's going to start out trying to play it like, like with six in the box or five to six. He's going to do it. But he no way he keeps letting happen what A&M let happen the other day. He's just not going to do it. And he also sees Joe a little vulnerable. And he doesn't see but one receiver that, that scares him, and that's Squirrel, in my opinion. Now, I'm not sure they're not better than they've been playing, and sooner or later they may bust out. Guys, if, if, the, if the post route is caught the other day and not dropped, we're, that's another 60 yards of passing. That's exactly it, might have right. loosened, it might have loosened Joe up a little more and played a little better. Um, so I'm, I'm not saying Tennessee can't throw. They're not going to throw as well as they did last year. They're not. But I think they can throw it better than people think, and it could be coming here pretty quick when somebody starts, okay, we're going to move back in here and make you throw it, and then we're going to see what happens. I think they'll throw it better than people think they will. Let me bring Sean Sinclair in here. Without further ado, Watson Brown joining on our Wednesdays with Watson segment, as he does every Wednesday at this time. What a blessing he is. Sean, jump in here as we talk about Tennessee's trip to Alabama. And the Vols basically reinventing themselves right on the fly here. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah, Coach, uh, always a pleasure to have you on. I got a, a, I'm, I'm going to ask you to explain the unexplainable. Um, you said last week that um, South Carolina game that we uh, dominated the lines of scrimmage. Uh, you were you questioned whether it could be done at Texas A&M, and obviously the performance was even uh, was exponentially better, even with a much better opponent. I wondered, I wondered if you could explain the the theory that or the thought that teams and players can get better, the light can go on, whether it's Cooper Mate, whatever it is out there, and then. And then what does that do to a kid or a group like the offensive line, a defensive line, James Pierce, who, frankly, uh, coming into this year, people didn't know if he was even going to stick around. Was he going to put it together? Was he going to mature? Now he looks like a first-round draft pick. When the light goes on for a unit, when the light goes on for a player, and they see success against what everyone else calls great, Texas A&M's defensive line, how does that project? How can they... How do kids get so much better with confidence because of that? Great question, Sean. And first of all, one of the reasons that they ran it better against A&M than anybody has and even ran it better than against South Carolina was scheme. Great scheme against what A&M did. I haven't seen anybody attack A&M in these early games the way Tennessee's did. So give Josh credit for that. And that's not, I've not heard anybody talk about that. They're saying, oh, it's just Villano running the ball. They're going to run the counter. They're going to run the zone. No, they ran some different plays the other day that didn't look different in the stands because it's still just handing the ball to the back. But that was part of it. But you nailed a piece that I think is what I struggle with with places that I coach, like when I was at Vanderbilt. And I don't want to get personal here, but you come into the SEC in those better schools like Tennessee's always been traditionally. you got good players. They're, you're going to have good players there. You're never going to recruit. You're not going to hire a guy that's going to go recruit bad players. But the key is when can you get that good player who's playing against good players? 
Tennessee's lining up against a good player this week in Alabama the same way. Very, I think, very equal in talent looking across the line of scrimmage with them. And so where does the light come on in a confident way? Confidence is an unbelievable piece difference in winning and losing. If the talent level is equal, the one with more confidence, with more confident kids on their team, it's not just the whole team's confidence. Okay, the offensive line all of a sudden is a confident bunch. And when that switch comes on, look out. Now you've gone from an average player, Sean, to a very good player. I think what's happened is they've run it better each week. They're, uh, and especially since their leader, the leader of a, when it's a group, offensive line, defensive line, linebackers, um, receivers, that's what I've, I, that's why I think there's been a step back at, at, at receiver. They lost their leader. And now everybody's kind of looking at each other and they're trying to get their confidence back again. And, uh, they were getting it with McCoy there, but now it went backwards again. Tennessee got, got their center back. Their leader shows up. Everybody takes a deep breath and says, okay. And then from there, it's gotten better. Then when him back, they were better, much better against South Carolina. Then they were even better against A&M last week. So I think the switch has come on. I don't see that line going backwards in other than one way, some injuries. Coach, another unexplainable thing that we all know, we, and it's been dissected over and over about Joe Milton and his play and being different than Hendon. Well, he's not going to be Hendon. We know that. The, the thing I'd like you to talk about is we predicted last week that uh, Mark Stoops likely lost his team when he talked about we, the fans need to buy better players. And I think they gave up against Missouri, and I think they've given up the rest of the year. Uh, I'd be surprised we can get that back. I said that last, I said that last week, we have, Sean. We, yes, sir. We have a starting quarterback that's seven and one in his last eight games. Yes. We're getting better. He's not great, but we're getting better. And you got a lot of old guy, old heads on there that are, are playing as good, as well as they can. And they're seeing some success. Talk about how a coach, a program, it doesn't have to be a smack in the face. It can be something so subtle, like, making an off comment like that that gets heard by the that can just absolutely change the fortunes of your team meaning if you take joe out and it, it i'm not saying nico's not better i don't know but it could seriously affect the locker room oh big time that's why he's not going to do that he's gone this far with joe he knows he's got to go with him he's he's in the room right now sean in my opinion and and I don't I don't know Josh, but I think the world of him because I see things in his person. I see how he handles his team, and he's in there right now saying, "How can we make Joe better?" He's not in there talking about, "Man, do we need to make a switch? Do we not?" Uh, uh-uh. there there's been no talk of that because they they're in the hunt right now to win the SEC East, and with Brock Bowers down, I mean it's sitting there. And this is a huge game. They've got huge games. They got to go to. They got to go to Missouri. That ain't no easy game. They got to go to Kentucky. Uh, now Kentucky's different right now, but they might turn around. And anytime the the balls come to Lexington, <laughs> it'll turn you around uh, quickly. So they're trying to figure out how to make Joe better. What I think happened a little bit to Joe is pressure was on him because 
He played so good at Clemson. And then everybody says he's the next, he's the next Hendon Hooker. Well, that's a lot of heat, man. It didn't happen. Now things have gotten reversed. So maybe Joe now loosen up a little bit and Josh and the staff are going to figure out ways to get him better. I'll bet you he plays better this week because I think they'll do more things that they're, that they've seen now. And say, okay, he's not very good at this. This he's, he's pretty good at. How can we make him better at this? Let's get him to run more. He's not hes not a great runner, but he's big and strong. He can fall for two yards with that body lean. Um, he's not shy. He'll lower his shoulder and try to run over you. Um, I think all that's going on in the meeting room this week, not the opposite of do we need to bench him or do we not. I don't think that's even been brought up. Brian Hartman, jump in with the great Watson Brown, who's breaking it down scientifically for us. Go ahead, Brian. When you see a coach that can win in different ways and has a team that can score a lot of points, if he has to score a lot of points to win, and they can hold teams down enough when the offense isn't quite up to the snuff, Josh Heupel is not trying to force his numbers, which he likes to score and score some more. He's not trying to do that with this team. He's learning how to win in different ways. And when you get into championship-type games – For example, Florida, when they had Tebow and played Oklahoma that year, everyone thought, well, that's going to be a 45-40 to type game. Florida had to win 24-14. And how important do you think that is when coaches realize this? Oh, it's it's, Brian, that's another great question. It is huge. You've got to figure out how to win games. And that's why one of the major positives that I always thought was – when the head coach is the play caller, he gets to control the game. And he's not a, an offensive coordinator that's trying by the end of the game to make sure his stats are where he wants them to be. That I gotta have this many points. I gotta have this many total yards. I gotta have this many first downs. Josh ain't thinking none of that. And I think that's an advantage of being the head coach calling plays. Cause you can call to the game and you don't give a dang about how many yards you get and all that. You want to win the game any way that you can win it. And and uh, I was always told after I was a head coach 32 of those 40-something years, and I was a coordinator all but two years. So call plays all but two years of, of my career, and I let Steve Sloan call him one year at Vanderbilt and Pat Sullivan called him one year at UAB. And other than that, I've called him every year. And I had people say, man, you you're not wide open like you used to be. And they didn't understand. I'm calling plays in that day on how to try to win the game. And uh, I knew how we had to try to win that game, and that's what Josh is doing. He now can call on his defense for the first time. Last year, guys, if they didn't score a lot of points, they didn't win. Nope. They didn't win. You had to score points. So everybody said, well, Josh is a lot more conservative this year. Yeah. He knew it was a great defense the other day. He knew Joe wasn't playing great. He played to the game. He called the game to the game, and they ought to be hugging him instead of getting on him, in my personal opinion. Well, I, you know, I, I just think what, another thing's been really interesting because a uh, member of the media here asked him about the decision to, to go on fourth, you know, fourth and short instead of kicking field goals. Yeah. Do they? 
And it's really hard for this guy because this guy's used to having, you know, the top scoring offense in the country, one of the top five off every year. You know, you roll out of bed and you score 40 every week, even against the really great teams. You go out there and rack them up and, you know, you're setting all these records and all this stuff and modern day Steve Spurrier and this, that, and the other. You know, um, last week he had a couple opportunities to take points and didn't do them. And I wonder from your coaching lens, if you see this guy just kind of going forward and recalibrating and saying, hey, with this offense, we're just going to start taking points, do they do that? Or do they continue to stay in that, hey, it's fourth and three, and we're going to go out and get this first down? What, what, how do you think they manage these games going forward, Watson? Because I'm really curious to see how that plays out. It's absolute week-to-week, Tony. It's week-to-week. Wow. Who are you playing? Who are you playing? How many points can they score? How many points can they score on me? All of this is done early in the week. You'll sit in with your staff, and you, you're going to talk through the philosophy. First thing you do before you really get technical and block this this way against this, here's the way we protect this blitz, you go into philosophy of the game. Okay, this is a great defense in A&M. They're not going to score a lot of points. Our defense is a whole lot better. Here's the way I think we play it. Now, that can change on game day. It could be a couple of fumbles. They get quick score. It, you can change your philosophy, but you go in with a thought process. And for the first time, I think Josh it, at Central Florida didn't have great defenses. He, when he came to Tennessee, he didn't have great defenses. He knew he had the score points to win, so he looks like this Tennessee gambler, but he knew that's the, way he, the only way he could win. Now they're saying, well, is, is our coach turning conservative on us? No. He's coming up with a thought process for a game. Yeah, it might backfire on you and you might lose one. You could lose it by trying to go too many times and being too offensive and not make things and give up easy scores. You could not go for something and lose. That doesn't mean you win every week. But you go in with a thought process on what's the best way to win this game. That's done on Sunday and Monday. And you study, I used to just sit and watch both sides. I'd watch full games instead of breaking it down first. I just watched the whole game through, defense, offense. Then I'd look at stats, okay? What are they now on offense? Where are they on defense? And then you come up with a thought process. Do we need to, do we need to play this a little closer to the best? And our defense is not going to give up points. Let's, let's don't give this game away here. So again, all of that is week to week. It could change with Alabama. I don't know. I don't. I don't know enough about Alabama. I guess, but I don't know what he'll be thinking. Um, but it, it's week to week, in my personal opinion. If he ever runs up against a great offense, uh, looks like looks like to me, Missouri's pretty good on offense. Not as good on defense. I would venture to say they may go into that one being a little bit more wide open, going a little faster. Makes great sense. This um, this game this week, Alabama has a number that just blows my mind. Now, they've had a lot of trouble at left tackles. We've drilled down this game, Watson. They've yeah, rotated started, a couple guys. Well. well, they <laughs> a pretty kid, but he hadn't played well. He's beautiful. Watson, he they, are, they are 129 out of 132 teams. One ranking I saw, they're 130 out of 132 in terms of sacks surrendered on the year. Now, that is not Alabama football. That's not nope. Nick Saban football. 
That's not quality football. That's not sustainable football. They're living on the edge. But the weird thing is, and and they've been kind of pedestrian running the game, running the ball. They haven't called running plays for Milrow. Somehow this guy has turned into a deep ball, big play thrower. They're at the tops in the league in that, which is b- bizarre. I never thought that was going to happen. I don't think you did either. Is their throw game for real? Is this sustainable for them? Uh, can they beat Tennessee playing chuck and duck like they've been doing? Their throw game is for real when they stay within the chains. What they what do you do? What do you do, Tony? With a quarterback that's not a great passer, not experienced, whatever the reason he's not yet. What do you do? You throw little quick catch and throw things that doesn't have a lot of reads in it. It's not high lows. It's not you catch it and you flip it in the flat. Uh, stuff like that, or you throw it deep. You watch Alabama. Since he came back as the starter, that's all they're doing. They're catching it and throwing it quick in the flats, or he fakes it and lays it up. There's no high lows. There's not complicated reads. There's not anything he's throwing to one guy. And that's what Alabama's doing. And uh, I really think this Alabama game comes down to one major thing. Both defensive fronts are going to give the other side problems. Tennessee's line's a good bit better than Alabama's, uh, in my personal opinion. I think it's going to come down to which quarterback plays the best, how they use their quarterback, and does he can he go out and successfully win the game for them. Let's see which one does that. I think it's a toss-up game, by the way. I don't think there's any way this is a 10-point football game. You know, I agree with that. And and if Milton decides to get in his head that he's going to be a you know like a runner, and, uh, and and take guys on like we saw in the second half the other day, this is a stealable game, Watson. It really is because I think that will open things up downfield for Tennessee. By the way, if they if they will commit to running the ball with him a little bit early on, I think Tennessee's been trying to do more of that high low stuff with with Joe. And my point is earlier. I think they're getting in a room and saying, if you heard me earlier talk about him, I said, throw the catch and throws early and let him fake it and lay it up deep and stay away from a lot of that high-low stuff with him. I'm not sure that both quarterbacks won't be doing a lot of the same things against each other Saturday, and I think that both teams will run their quarterback more in this game than we've seen them run it in any of the other games. Both quarterbacks will. Because one thing you said earlier, and I'm listening to every word you say, I'm writing a bunch of it down, but one thing you said earlier, which is when you get in these games, you were speaking of the A&M-Tennessee game, when you're in this league, there are certain games that you circle, and you look at your quarterback and you say, we expect you to get on the ground when we play Kentucky. Get on the ground against other teams, but in this game, we expect you to sell out and bring it. That's what you said earlier, unless I'm, unless I'm mistaken. Yeah, and that's a little general. What I, yes, in the big games, you've got to be ready to run your quarterback more. But it's also times in the game that are critical that you've got to run your quarterback more. And uh, that, that's it could be Kentucky who's playing with you in the fourth quarter. I got gotcha. you. Late in the game, second half. The game. Yeah. Now let him go. He's got to go run. Yeah. He's got to go win the game for us. And uh, you, you watch the pro teams that have the running quarterbacks. When do they run the guy? When, when does the Ravens run their guy? Critical, critical times. He carries the ball. They don't call runs on 
when the game's still kind of out there. But, buddy, when he gets critical, all of a sudden he starts showing up. And I think both of these quarterbacks, both of these teams know what this game is. This game, for Tennessee, it sets them up. It sets them up to win the division. For Alabama, it might put them over the hump to win the division. And uh, so this is a huge game, much less the third week in October or whatever you call it. This, the tradition of this game goes back so far. It even goes back earlier than me, and I'm 73 years old. And I'm just telling you what a big game this is. My man, you're loved and appreciated. Any final thoughts for us on the way out here on our Wednesday with Watson segment as you've taken thousands and thousands all over the world under wings today, Watson Brown? Well, I just say, Tennessee fans, be proud of what you had so far because I don't think they could have coached them much better than they've coached them so far. And players are playing really hard. Uh, they had to grow up at Florida. They did. They grew up in the second half, especially defensively. From the second half on of Florida, they played really good defense. And uh, I think they're, they're fixing to take the next step. And I'm not predicting a win. I'm predicting best quarterback in this game. This team wins the game. Watson, thank you. Okay, guys. It's an honor. You're the man. The great Watson Brown on the TLD Logistics Hotline online at tldlogistics.com. And, and may I say a word about TLD Logistics? I'll brag on them here uh, because they're worth bragging on. Look, they are so much more than just a trucking company. You, you can't call TLD Logistics a trucking company. There's so much more than that. You go into their nerve center there uh, in West Knoxville, and you look at what they do, and it's mind-boggling. Uh, all the moving parts are going on. And McConkie, shout out to you and the entire gang there. Look, whatever your challenges are relating to shipping, you call TLD Logistics. They're going to figure it out from there. They're online at tldlogistics.com, and they're going to deliver. Sean Sinclair, Watson Brown was great today, man. Your question's great. Um, I, I don't think a fan base appreciates the understand that really understands how together these teams are and how you don't want to disrupt chemistry. And what was the number for Joe Milton again as a starter, Sean? Well, in the last eight games, if I'm if my uh, I certainly wasn't a math major at UT, but the last eight games, he's five and one this year, and he was two and zero oh last year at the end after Hendon got hurt. So seven and one. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty darn good. Now, now, I'm not here to rip fans because at the at the heat of the moment when I'm watching the game, oh god, I'm as frustrated as anybody. I don't have that reflection. But what I do, lo- what I love about you having Coach Brown on the, is that. He has the luxury now of not uh, being under contract, yep. not trying to protect a contract, yep. not pr- trying to not trying to build a legacy, not trying to do any of that nonsense that every single coach does. And, and so he can just talk about it. But uh, and it's not because he's confirming what I said. I he, he could have gone totally opposite. But I, I just think it's so refreshing that he can talk like that and perhaps even talk someone an idiot like me off the plank there from jumping. Uh, but I think that we have something good. I, and again, I go back to what I first said. Recruits only know what they see the past couple of years. 
We've already our signing class is pretty much over or almost over. So now we're talking about juniors. So they were only in eighth grade when Jeremy Pruitt was here. That's right. They, they, don't, they don't know anything. Your last five that, years or your life. And now the transfer deal. portal, yeah. the transfer portal, those kids are so immediate. Yes. I mean, I, I, I predict that Kentucky will lose their team uh, this year. I think they will have mass exodus from that team, much like South Carolina did last year. If you're Tennessee, are you reaching out to that wide receiver to bring him back home, Sean? And where would he fit in our uh, – Mix and hunt if we could get him. Just depends because he's if if he's interested in coming here. Yeah. But what does he add that we don't have already? If he wants to come here as part of a team, but I would not. He's not good enough to start throwing around a bunch of big nil money. I would save that money for uh, your offensive and defensive lines. Amen to that. As we come back on the other side, eight six five two hundred five four zero two. One thing that my Phillies have taught me. Um, and it's you know it's the same thing. I mean, you have a you have an you have a you have a pool of money, and you got to spend it certain ways. You got to get winners. The Phillies went out and they got this kid, this kid, this guy that won in Washington, won in L.A., plays shortstop for him. Guy wins. The Schwarber guy that they have can't couldn't catch a cold. Okay, he belongs in our receiving core. This guy can't field at all, but he wins. Um, they've. They've gotten guys, and they've got a ton of pitchers who have had success elsewhere, veteran guys, they've, and, and they've mixed them in there with that youth, and they are, I'm talking about rolling right now, down the hill at the right time. But I look at it, this Dombrowski guy's won at a couple different spots, and they know when you go into your roster and you make additions to your roster and Tennessee's got to look at this in the off season. Hey, it's great that this guy's pro football focus or whatever hocus pocus has this great on this offensive lineman, but you gotta win games. You gotta be a part of winning deals. We'll come back on the other side. Upon our continuance we'll get some calls in. Plus I'm gonna ask a question. Is there something in the water over in South Carolina right now? And could this be coming at a better time for the Vols? You've got Hillary Dickory Doc, or whatever his name is. Dabo Swinney's losing his cotton pick and mine, as I say, over there in that state. And then you've got uh, the other guy. I mean, he gets a kick out of you as we continue after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons and we run his dealership and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233.
American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Don't put off getting your oil changed, Columbia. Take 5 is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. Visit their newest location at 1203 South James Campbell Boulevard and take advantage of their $15 off grand opening special. That's right, $15 off any oil change, Columbia. Take 5, the stay-in-your-car 10-minute oil change. They're faster than you think. Join the Columbia Noon Rotary Club on Saturday, November 11th for Pancake Day. This long-standing event has been serving the best pancakes in town since 1959. Eat in or carry out, your ticket includes pancakes, sausage, and your choice of beverage. Pancake Day will be held from 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Memorial Building on West 7th Street. Tickets can be purchased at the door or from any Noon Rotary member, and the cost is $10 each or three for $25. Children six and under eat free. Proceeds from Pancake Day benefit several Rotary community projects, including scholarships for local students. See you November 11th. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Hillary Dillery Dock or whatever that is. Brian, what is it? What's the... Uh, Hickory Dickory Dock. Nobody ever read to me when I was a kid, so you guys all know those things. I was the youngest of six kids in an Italian family and whatever. I was like thrown over it's, a corner. What was it? It's what? Hickory 
Hickory Dickory Dock. The mouse ran up the, the clock. clock. Okay, here it is. So Swinney's got that drip, and now he's on TikTok. Okay. Hickory Dickory Dock. What was it? The mouse ran up the clock. Common sense ran up the clock. Coach Swinney's got that drip. Coach Swinney needs to get a grip, and he's dumber than a damn rock. <laughs> and now he's on TikTok. No, he's dumber than a rock. Let me read this to you. <laughs> this is from his weekly coaches show on Roar FM. This is the context of this. And then we'll talk about Frankie Jr., uh, who, if we have a sports medicine firm out there, might be an opportunity for you to get a uh, to get a deal with us, and we'll we'll pump you up. Maybe we can talk about self-inflicted uh, foot wounds and breaks, etc. What a moron he is! But let's move along here. Dabo Swinney right now is in our crosshairs. He says the following: Brian, they've lost a couple games so far. Is that right? Duke and Florida State. Uh, they lost to Duke and Florida State, but I think they've won like three in a row, and they yeah. got Miami this week. They're playing well, and they've got a Miami team that's basically laying there after <laughs> after their head coach uh, committed Chip, Skip, and Harry Carey uh, with his football team against, uh, who was that? Uh, I want to say Georgia Tech a couple weeks back. This is what Dabo Swinney said in his infinite wisdom, and then I'll let Sean Sinclair Respond to this, then we'll go to the phones. He says, we're at a point now where if you don't go undefeated, quote, you're losers. And you're terrible. But that's just a terrible mindset. And honestly, maybe we need to lose a few games. Lighten up the bandwagon. Sometimes the bandwagon can get a little too full. That is the good thing about going through a little so-called adversity. You really find out who is with you and who is not. Now, Sean Sinclair, i got to tell you that the state newspaper of South Carolina says that Dabo's now walking it back. He's walking it back. But even in walking it back, he said that 1.5% of the fans of his program create a lot of problems and are part of the problem, not part of the solution. (laughs) 98.5% of our fans are amazing. But we've got 1.5% that are with you, win or win. A little adversity in this world is something good. I think sometimes you can win so much you lose the appreciation for the blessing. That's the reality. It's hard to win. It's freaking hard to win. Sean, do you feel this man's pain that 1.5% of those people are making his life difficult? Do you feel the man's pain, Sean? How do you respond to Dabo Swinney's? jaunt into the wilderness here well he's quite frankly he has taken the tact of the aging prom queen um <laughs> that sees, sees younger younger 
prom queens and homecoming queens and uh, still trying to relive the day. I, if anybody can relate to this, it's Tennessee fans. Whether it's John Majors calling out the Legion of the Miserable, whether it's Phil Fulmer talking about we've won a lot of games this way, Tennessee fans are well-schooled in the bus trip that Dabo Sweeney's on, and it's only going to end poorly. Uh, because when you start to when you start to defend your present by bringing up your past, it's passing you by. And uh, and and I love Coach Fulmer. I absolutely love him. Uh, but if we are objective, you can see toward the end of his tenure at Tennessee, he was trying to protect more uh, of what he'd done and what he had than he was trying to move forward. There was blindness to the uh, to the um, lack of recruiting by the uh, assistant coaches. Um, there was there was taking risks on out of state kids that in state programs didn't want to touch, et cetera. How that it may be different from that for Dabo, but it's, uh, not embracing NIL, not embracing transfer, telling kids that after they commit, if they take a official visit they are no longer com- considered a commitment that is that is all ego driven on his part and i'm you just get ready because he's already he's already signed his uh he's already signed his failure money uh may not be this year but it's on the downhill and with tennessee with north carolina with florida state with some georgia with some of these schools on the ascend it doesn't bode well for him and his ego. And he's already blown. He, he has no chance of getting that Alabama job now. Back to the phones we go. Oh, no, 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 no. The last thing Alabama needs is somebody that has um, uh, a, some kind of purity test when it comes to the transfer portal. Alabama is like Oklahoma. They will win at all cost and over your dead body get real put this way if you said to me tony i like when i call myself tony if you say to me which of the two programs coming into the southeastern conference oklahoma or texas will have more long-term success i will bet on oklahoma because they have proven down through the years to be a ruthless collector of questionable character, miscreants. It does not matter. You go back to the um, Barry Switzer era when there were Sports Illustrated did a, a expose of them. And it led to his demise eventually, but... They were firing automatic weapons off the balcony at the uh, player dorm, this, that, and the other. Hey, where did several of our guys here, including Lynn Magruder, who liked horticulture, he and he was an enterprising young man, as we say in the trade. He was a horticulturalist and an enterprising youngster. He went right down there to school. And if you don't think that he didn't bring his heat lamps with him, 
you are temporary insane, as we say in the trade. And I could have said temporarily, but where I come from, they say temporary. Get you some of that. Let's go back to the phones. Cinco just called the man an aging prom queen, which is an old country song called 39 and Holden that I would, um, I'd recommend. Let's go back to the phones. And we'll get our next call in on a Wednesday. It was a Watson Brown Wednesday, and now it's a Wednesday. Hello and welcome in. Hey, Tony, this is Luke Italia, better known as Luke Lukey Dome. Lukey Dome, Dome what's up, brother? Lukey Dome, this is your weather. It's getting ready to get yeah. cold, and you know, Tony Vitello, they could use a dome. Uh, I was down there Friday with Tony. Uh, we, um, we brought him his birthday present. Uh, down there, his meat and cheese platter from our friends at Calhoun's after our show. And Tony walked us around, me and my uh, contingent from Pennsylvania. And Dixie was with us as well. But Tony showed us the construction and what they're doing there. And at one point, Mike Fidanza looked at him and said, Now, where's the dome going to go? And, and Tony looked at him, because I asked Mike to ask him that, and Tony said, what? Now, he knows about the dome. Oh. Hey, I've got Sean a question first. All right. Then i got got you some questions. Hey, Sean, uh, since UT has a good running game and the defense is playing a lot better, and, it, and uh, of course, Watson Brown said equal, they're both equal in talent, I believe the team that wants it the most can win. What do you think? Don't you think with this is one of our better chances to go to Alabama and win this game if we want it bad enough? Well, Lukey Dome, I appreciate you calling me out there. Um, you know, the one thing that this team still has to show is that it can go on the road to a hostile stadium and manage itself because the last – couple of times they've tried that it just hasn't worked out the florida one that was awful um maybe it's just one of those stinkers but they just had so many penalties and they look so discombobulated i don't know the the, the positive thing is if you're going to go out on the road you want a running game you want a uh, a defense that can stop the run and you want a special teams unit that is buttoned up and we look to have all three of those. Uh, all three of those can can hide deficiencies at quarterback. Um, and if we get if we get just what we know about Joe Milton, I think we're I think we're going to be competitive and have a chance to win. If we get a game from uh, Joe Milton, I think we're in really good shape. We can just hold those penalties down. That would help a whole lot too. Can't do that. Look, this week, and Heupel's teams have been highly penalized down through the years because they play on the edge and play fast and all those things. Man, that's another thing. You, you I mean, I'm not saying adjust your tempo because you want to keep doing what you're doing offensively. Um, but at the same time, you cannot go down there and start behind the sticks the way that you did with Florida, Sean, you just made me think. I guess the last two road games were disastrous because the, the other one was the game you were at over there in Carolina. No, actually, they did have the Vanderbilt game in there as well. That's right. 
Thank goodness for the. Well, I wouldn't call. I wouldn't call uh, Vanderbilt a hostile environment. I just call. Well, that's true. You're right. South Carolina was hostile, and this is going to be crazy. And I didn't. South Carolina wasn't. I don't think that environment bugged us. I think there were. uh, I think there were extra stuff going on. But here's one thing I would look for. I'm okay this year. I'm okay this week with a couple of Tank McCullough pass interferences. I'm okay with Terrian McDonald. You know, just standing, being the guy's shadow and letting him catch it and tackle him. Because the only way J- uh, Milrow is going to beat you is if he breaks contain, goes into a scramble drill, and just heaves it up to his wide receivers. I don't think they can consistently go 15, 20 plays down the field on Tennessee and score a bunch of points. Uh, they couldn't do it against A&M. Yep. They had to have three touchdown passes. Yep. Um, and so... If our guys, and no one likes it, but the bend but don't break, I think if you can keep Alabama in front of you, keep Jalen Milrow in front of you, uh, the, the whole thing about rush lane integrity for defensive ends, that kind of goes away once the ball's snapped because the, all they want to do is they just want to get to the quarterback. But if they can limit his damage and limit the big chunk plays, I really think we got a shot here. I do, too. Okay, Tony, uh, I noticed Hey, plus, Blooky Dome, plus also, if you've noticed, especially this year, Alabama is not getting the Alabama whistle from ah. the, the, from the refs. Huh. They're starting to get, they're starting to get holding calls hmm. on the offensive line, hmm. and they're starting to get pass interference calls even at home, which is, I, I thought I I thought I would see the Messiah come back. <laughs> well, well, back. listen, it's like a buddy of mine said when they're calling holding on Alabama. Imagine how much holding is going on when they're forced to call it every once in a while. Imagine, and that just speaks to what's going on with their left tackle, uh, because the proof's in the pudding. But go ahead, Lukey Dumb. Hey, Tony, I noticed the uh, Philly fans were standing the whole game. Whole game. Uh, is that the only team in the in the league that the, where the fans just stand up the whole game? I don't know, but that's something they've started. They call it Red October there. They're on a burner in their building. They're blowing people out in their building. Uh, they don't basically don't lose in their building in the postseason. Um and that's just kind of the way it's gone over the last several playoffs there. I, I, I'll, I'll say this, too, uh, Luke. I'm pretty proud of that home field advantage because that's oh, – yeah. that is a uh, – that – Brandon Marsh was they, talking about it. They swapped yeah. offenses with the Braves. I mean, now yeah, they are one balls through now. nine murderers row. Yeah, they're hammering balls. That's right. Hey, Tony uh... – is Philadelphia more of a blue-collar town than uh, Pittsburgh, or are they about the same? Uh, they both have that element. And the last thing I want to ask is, uh, tell me about that manager for Philly. He seems to be an awful darn good manager. He looks like Walter Matthau from Bad News Bears. Uh, the topper is what they call him. He's a Canadian-born guy, Rob Thompson, who for years and years and years was a bench coach at various spots. He's not to be confused with the Robbie Thompson that played for the Giants, though some people do that. He is a guy that was a just a career coach who got an opportunity in Philly, 
uh, during a, when a coach got terminated and he got a chance and they elevated him. And he has been a revelation for the Phillies. He was uh, Joe Girardi's bench coach. He was with Joe in New York, and they just love him there. And he's got a pretty good feel for what he's doing, too. I mean, you know, you're always going to second-guess managers. I mean, my gosh, I I even second-guessed my crush, Tony Valls. So there you have it. Yeah. You, you'll... Uh... You'll keep uh, Kyle Schwarber now, won't you, Tony? You'll keep him now. No, I'm so sick of him, it's not even funny. <laughs> uh, send him down to Atlanta. We'll the guy him. hits 180 during the season, man. you got to put up with a lot with Kyle Schwarber. Send him down to Atlanta. Send thank him you. We'll take him. Thank you. And, and, and thank you, Lukey. And when they hit balls at him, God forbid they stick him in left field, but when they hit balls at him in left field, when he was playing the field this year, earlier in the year before uh, Harper got back, he looks like he's self-defense out there when the ball's coming at him. It's like me in high school. Let's go back to our phones. Hey, hey yeah. Tone, Tone, how about um, how about uh, if this is true? Caleb Williams, his people telling uh, NFL teams that if they draft him, he wants a partial owner. Now, there's a mind you, there's an absolute structured um, deal right. going on with with draft picks. You know what I would tell that kid, Sean? There's a USFL or whatever they're going to do with that league, and there's a CFL, and you can go play in those leagues, son. If you think for one second that we're going to start a precedent of giving you a piece of a franchise because we're drafting you, you can get the hell out of here and take the horse with you you rode in on. Let's go back to our phones. These guys are out of their damn minds. He ought to get a room with Davos. Well, it's funny how it comes out the week after he has his his, uh, his bad game. You're a football player, Chief. Know your role and shut your mouth. Let's go back to the phones. Hello and welcome in. Hey, Tony. Josh, your voice. Wings. Tony, I got two words for you. What's up? <laughs> How you doing, Joshy boy? Remember that quote? Oh, yeah. Not... Oh, yeah. What are you going to say, Tony? No. Talk to me here, brah. Tony, uh, what do you think happened first? You uh, learning the words to pro football focus or Joe Milton completing a deep ball pass at Tuscaloosa Saturday? Cinco, what do you got? Joe Milton playing a clean game or me ascribing to pro football hocus focus and all their hocus pocus focus? Oh, those two, I'm going with uh, Milton having the game of his life. Thank you. Because pro football hocus focus pocus is telling me that Tennessee's secondary, Sean, not their defensive line. Their secondary is like top five in college football. And to well, our fan that, base, I heard that the, listen. I heard, the wiz- I heard the Wizards over there have said that Kamal Haddon is playing the best cornerback of anybody in college football. There so. you go. If yeah. you believe, because they also told you that Gitmo, one year heading into a season, I had a caller call. Well, you don't know what you're talking about. Because Pro Football Focus told me, and I said, you got to be out of your freaking mind. I got a brain, I got a head, I got a pair of eyes, and I got a take. And you're not changing those things. I don't care what Pro Football Hocus Pocus Focus says. Our secondary, you know why their numbers are really good right now? Because nobody can throw the ball because you don't have time to think. I bet that Max Johnson guy had a nice day in the ice bath on Monday because he got hammered, hammered in that game. I felt sorry for that poor kid. 
between his center stepping on him, and then 35 times he stopped, dropped back the pass, and 26 of them sink. Oh, he was under duress. Yeah, it's four or yeah. five days later now, but as in, if we, and I, I'm not trying to pick at the kick. Yeah. I hope he's okay, but any word on local boy uh, made millionaire uh, Walter Nolan? No, I mean, man. No, I, I don't. No, I have not heard. His, no. I haven't heard anything. Sean, no, I haven't heard. Hey, Sean, to point that out, when he went down Saturday, me and my friend were like, Oh, he's faking this. Right, everybody because, thought that. Because at Powell, he used to fake injuries a lot. Then, uh, like a minute later, me and my friend were like, this is serious. Well, like, Gary Danielson would out. not come off that, and he had a really, really terrible moment um, with uh, how he, they were showing a close-up of him, and he was like, he doesn't want to leave on this cart. And it's like, no, dude, he's like crying his eyes out because yeah. he's seriously injured. And these are college kids, and nobody wants to see that happen. Nobody wants to see that happen. Go ahead, Josh. Tony, uh, do you think they'll put Kamal Hatton on uh, Arden Saturday? Uh, you're talking about the Missouri game? No, Alabama, Jermaine Burton. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with Burton. That's interesting. Because he, a lot of the stuff that he did against A&M were, were busted plays downfield. I mean, yeah. I'm with Sean. I would not mind a couple 15-yard pass interference penalties here and just grab guys. Because Alabama's deal is busted plays, chuck and duck, and they've been very good at it. You mean like a lot of lucky plays? No, not lucky plays. They just have a quarterback who doesn't give up on plays. He keeps plays alive. He continues to look downfield, and he makes plays downfield. It's kind of what we were expecting from strong arm Joe Milton, but we just haven't gotten it to this point. Do you, Tony, do you think this is the Saturday that our defense finally gets a defensive touchdown? Uh, I mean, you could do that. Because this guy is not a take-care-of-the-football guy. Milrose sort of lives on the edge. He did it against Texas A&M. Although the turnover battle there was 4-1, to one, but his one was pretty egregious. In your humble opinion, Tone, where would Tennessee have to be in the turnover battle Saturday to win the game if our offense is not doing so hot? Round the room. Sean, if you want to win, what's the turnover number got to look like? Plus what? Because you can't be minus. What do you think, Sink? I just think you have to you have to have, play a clean game. I, I don't know numbers. Uh, you know, A and M uh, was plus was plus four, I think, and lost. So yeah. I'm not really sure. Uh, just play. You plus know, three. shout out to uh, shout out to the running backs. I uh, I don't think they I don't think there's a a pro in that group, respectfully, but they're running extremely hard. They're not losing the ball. Uh, they're picking up blitzes. They're catching balls. So I think um, I, I, I give them all the credit in the world because they're they're maximizing everything they've got in them. Brian, yeah. what's the turnover number got to be if you're going to win? What do you think? You play the ponies, Brian. Uh, I think they have to probably force two more turnovers than Alabama. If they're going to win the game, yeah. If you're in the, if you're in the, let's put it this way: 
if you're in the minus column against them, you got zero chance. That ain't going to happen. Crowd's going to feed off of that, like Sean said. And the penalties are really important this week. you got to stay in front of the sticks offensively. And, and I want to believe, I really want to believe that a lot of what happened at Florida was keyed by uh, the absence of Cooper Mays. I really want to believe that. And until I see otherwise, I'm going to believe that. Now, if they go out there Saturday and they have similar issues, then we'll know that it's something worth worrying about for the rest of these road games. Yeah. Because Kentucky Tony, won't be a picnic at night up there. It won't be. Right. Yeah. And, Tony, to comment on your point, if Tennessee's like at fourth and short conversions yeah. into Alabama's territory, I think they should just take the points like you said. And uh, another thing, if Tennessee turns Alabama over a few times inside their territory and they get touchdowns out of it, then – they're going to be in it in the fourth quarter for sure. They're going to win the game if they do that. And Josh, you boy, I appreciate you. And I, I agree with Watson. I look at this game, and I don't see how that's a nine-point, nine-and-a-half-point game. I just don't. Does Alabama score enough? Nine-and-a-half points? And if you look at the point total, Brian, basically Vegas with their modeling is saying the final score is going to be what? Because they've got it at nine and a half, and what's the total? Like forty-six and a half. Yeah, it's like forty-eight, forty-nine. So nine and a half would mean like a twenty, like a thirty to twenty type game. Yeah, for Alabama, they'd have to score about thirty-one points. Yeah, I just don't see them a touchdown and a half better than the Vols. I just don't. I see Alabama living on borrowed time. There's no way you can give up that number of sacks and negative plays that they do and continue to live to tell about it and, and end up 11-1. and one. That just doesn't – that just doesn't – and I know Saban's great. Listen, I know that guy's a great coach. To have them to the start they're off to right now, he's a damn good coach because they had no business winning that A&M game. Zero. So he can coach. Well, the thing it does also is it puts your quarterback in jeopardy to get hurt because he's typically going to be in unusual positions. I know he's a big, strong kid, yeah. an athletic kid, but he's going to be in odd body angles, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where your feet don't match up with your shoulders. He's going to be extended trying to get out, mm-hmm. and it doesn't take much. It doesn't take a talented player to uh, to hurt, you know, to to hit him uh, to do that. It also eliminates a lot of their tight end play and their running back play because they and they don't have great ones now, but very good ones. But you know, we used to get schooled by their tight ends being open for so many years. Now they're going to have to they're going to have to keep a guy in. They're going to have to chip uh, with a running back uh, to keep Pierce. And not only that, I mean, I'm glad he got some re- some recognition. But uh, Elijah Simmons. It looks like after a hundred years, the lights come on for that mm-hmm. kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bryce and Easton is playing extremely well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope we get Norman Lott back. Uh, Omari Thomas is playing well, and Tyler Barron is really showing up. Uh, so it's boy, I'll tell you what; those guys are making it easy for linebackers without any trash at their feet. And the truth is, Tennessee's linebackers are young uh, because the guy that they thought was going to be a mainstay there was 
was beat up last week. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of great things to take out of this. The question becomes, Deal. like Sean said, do you handle it on the road? That's a question. And it's a, it's a, and to the naysayer out there who says, well, I don't think they're going to handle it well on the road. I hear you. I have that concern. Because what I think what that what these road games do, and we saw this with Florida, if you have an issue, the road exacerbates your issue. You could saw you saw it with A and M last week. If you have an issue, that crowd, the road, and it just kind of feeds off itself. And to Sean's point, with this quarterback, we have not been successful in these spots so far, and so that becomes a there becomes like an expectation. I mean, heck, I'm looking at the way the crowd plays into these Major League Baseball games. These guys have played millions of games, and that crowd's affecting them. And these guys have played millions, I mean, thousands of baseball games. But that crowd is affecting what they're doing. Imagine what it does to college kids. Let's go back to the phones. That's why... Hey, John, if I yeah. in, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, the, a big thing this week will be is... If you remember David Pollock, like him or not, yeah. but he dominated the game here when he was a senior. Yeah. And not only just tackling, he was Pierce and those guys may be able to control the game with holding calls on their offense mm. and keeping them at first and 20, second and 18, you know, third and 12, which does not fit what Alabama wants to do. No, and you wonder, should Josh Heupel go before a microphone between now and then, and say, hey, I want them to watch these holding calls. I want them to watch and look at, and uh, should he shape his message uh, in the teleconference that's going on right now as we speak. Hello, and welcome into our next call. I'm a French and Patriots doing today. Hey, W, you're welcome in. Love Watson Brown always, and uh, he said something that, Tony, you, Bino, Myself and Brian discussed before the season start. Do you remember when I I pointed out that maybe Joe Milton could line up two steps back from the center? You remember me bringing that up? No, but I, you were right. You were. Right. I don't remember it, but I don't remember how I got down here this morning. But yeah, we ta- I talked about it, and Watson Brown said it. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, the 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 question I would have is: Can can we center it back there a couple more steps? You wonder if they will make that adjustment with him to kind of keep him clean. Look, no quarterback likes having people at his feet throwing the ball. This guy really, really cannot function when he has traffic back there. There's just no doubt. I mean, how much do you need to see? He just can't function. So, uh, and Watson said, look, when I identified that in guys, usually it was the short guys we did it for. Smaller guy, yeah. But but it was interesting that he admitted that, hey, that's a little trick that they might implement here. You know, I, I, I think we gotta got to do stuff like that and uh, be patient with the running game. There's going to be times, just like A&M did, they stuffed us. But, you know, you kind of got to keep pounding and pounding at some time. So if you're a fan, don't give up. Uh, sometimes those runs don't really start breaking until the third and fourth quarter. You see that in the NFL all the time. You saw it with Eddie George. First two quarters, he, you know, didn't get a whole lot. And then, you know, he'd take off in the yep. third and fourth quarter. Yep. Betty so, George was uh, like that. 
Hey, the guy that's like that now from Alabama, he, he'll he run into the line several times and then pop a 65-yarder on you. Yeah, so uh, I, I I think it's – I'm looking at winning the game with plus three turnovers or a, instead of one turnover, maybe another big kicking play, whether it's a return yep. or a block kick or something. They don't count a block kick as a turnover, which I consider humorous. You know, but to Doesn't me, it's a turnover. Sense. Of course, you know. it's a turnover. That's weird. That, so, so if you block a kick, that is not considered a turnover. I guess you're already turning the ball over at that spot, right? That's what they said. They said you're already turning possession over to the other team. It's just not the way you wanted to do it. But uh, that's a common sense turnover to me. <laughs> you know, that's pretty big. How do and I score it? A- well, I guess I score it. Uh, the kid that touched the block kick the other day and lost the ball, that is a turnover, though, right, officially, on a punt play? Where was the game, yeah. Brian, where the kid uh, touched the ball? Brian will remember this. It was at, up midfield against somebody a couple weeks ago. One of these big games we we all watched. We were commenting on it while it was going on. Do you remember, Brian? Oh, uh, he'll He'll get it. He doesn't have it right now, but it's in there somewhere. Yeah, if you're retur- if you're the receiver and you touch the ball and the other team gets uh, ten- it, that's a turnover. Tennessee yeah. did that against Tennessee did that against It was uh, Tennessee. UTSA. And it, and it was the San Antonio game. It was us. That's exactly right. Yeah, I think And it yeah, was the I kid that did that. It was. it was the kid that did that. That's right, Brian. But uh I'm with Sean, you know, the hostile environment on the road. This is you know, we don't do well at that. So uh I hope they're working on a silent count where actually these hand signals might mean something. And uh, Cooper Mays is going to have to control the the lineman. He's going to have to be the man up there. Yes, he is. You know, so, uh, but um, I'm pretty fired up about it, Tony. I mean, it's Bama week. It feels like it's. We're wearing arm britches, W. Lynn. I think we're going to wear our orange britches, W. Lynn. Oh man, that's uh, that's Are my you favorite uniform. Favorite uniform. Are you, you know, pumped up your lens for the orange britches? Yeah, I want the orange britches. Coach Johnny Majors broke that out. Everybody remembers a miracle in South Bend and orange britches, baby. Thank- oh God, I hope that's true. Oh, thank you, know. you W. Lynn. Great show, guys. I thought I saw that somewhere, Brian. Did I see that they're wearing the orange britches, or did I just pop him for no reason? Uh, I. I think that was to get WLN excited. I haven't oh. seen that. Cinco, did you I don't see think that? They announced their uniform until maybe, no. unless it's one of those black games where they're wearing a black uniform. I just wanted to pop you, WLN, today. I wanted to pop you, and because I know you, you harken back to the past like I do. That's just like my Eagles this week are going to wear Kelly Green for the first time in forever. They're real. That's like their real color, you know. Imagine that. But the owner came in. He owns a team and. He wants his team to wear green, black, black, green, whatever those things are. Those things are damn hideous looking, but I will not wear that at all. I will not wear that new Eagle logo. I, I, no, that ain't happening with me as we continue after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. 
celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day -day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Football season is here, and that means tailgating starts now. Come see us at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, and let us help you get your backyard game ready. We are open Monday through Friday from 7 to 7, and on Saturday from 8 to 4. Go Vols! 
This is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. 13, well, I'll tell you this. We, uh, we got a little time to play, and we'll go back to our phones. Sean Sinclair with us on a Wednesday, breaking it down scientifically. All lines are jammed as they will stay throughout. And a tale of, uh, we got a great game. This week, that's what we have. This Alabama game is going to be a super game. It's as Brian and, and uh, Matt Dixon were educating me yesterday, which I didn't realize. But the Tennessee, this is the 2007 Saban's first year. They were favored in the game down there. Of course, Saban onside kicked, and that was it for that thing. That that whole that whole deal went out the window. So. You had the uh, 2007 game, the Vols were favored. Since then, the shortest line, Bry, since this year was in, I want to say it was, was it 20, 2016? Is that right, Bry? You know, I think 20, 2015 in Tuscaloosa was the shortest lightest, line. The lightest line. 2015. I think it was about 15 points. And yeah. one thing to remember about the 2007 game. There was a textbook scandal at Alabama oh, that yeah. year. I remember where that. I think they had a bunch of players suspended because of some kind of textbook deal. Yep. And everyone thought, wow, Tennessee's going to go down there and roll them. Well, <laughs> that didn't quite turn out. How quaint does that seem now, a textbook scandal in the era of NIL? <laughs> I've, ne- I've never heard of that anywhere else, not before, not since. That's a really interesting you remember that let's go back to the because i that does ring a bell there was some kind of textbook there was some kind of scandal going on i think it was that alabama kids were opening books and reading and actually going to school tld logistics uh hotlines go back to our phones hello and welcome in <laughs> hey tony it's rusty hey you buddy hey you're talking about that 07 game yep. that where uh saban Saban kicked an onside kick to start the ball game. If you remember? Oh, it was total, weird. totally gangster. They scored, and that was it. That was the game. They blew us out. Yeah, twenty twenty two. Whatever that receiver was, we had no chance of covering him that day. I don't know what happened. Was his name Hall? Uh, do I do I remember that correctly? DJ Dante Hall. Dante. DJ. Dante or DJ Hall? Yeah, yeah. Dante's the one that was part returner for Kansas City. DJ Hall. You're right. DJ Hall. Good. Yep. Good memory, man. Beautiful. Yep. Hey. Uh, so the way these defenses are playing us, I got a buddy out here. Uh, He's not a Tennessee guy or anything like that. He, he, yeah, he actually played for UCLA back in 95, 96. He played against Tennessee a couple times. Cool. Um, we, we were talking about it, and I, I asked him to, like, look into it just on his eyes and see what he thinks about it. And he, he you know, he got on YouTube and did some watching. And he, he was like, the first thing I noticed was the Florida game. Uh, the first possession we got the football, Florida comes out, and their defensive coordinator is that, that new guy that was at, at Lafayette or, or – UAB or somewhere, and a super, super high-pressure guy. And that guy comes out with, like, loads our box, 
and plays man-to-man, and we immediately run one of those Josh Heupel switch routes, squirrels wide open down the sideline, and we hit him. And then we scroll on the next play to Ramel from like the eight-yard line or whatever, and, and that guy was like, and then the rest of that ball game, Florida didn't play that one more time. Florida immediately went to playing soft coverage, nobody in the box, and said, to heck with that. That is not how you defend Tennessee. And since then, that's all we're seeing. It's pretty funny. Teams aren't going to challenge us. And, and say, will Saban do it this week? I know, right? Saban challenge us. Will Saban challenge us and put his safety one-on-one with, with Squirrel with no help? Sean, what's your guess to that? You think Saban does that? You think Saban, uh, or or does Saban allow us just to run the ball? Well, no team's going to allow you to just run the ball. Uh, I think they will try. A and M didn't allow us to run the ball; they just got trucked. Um, I think that uh, Alabama coaches and that environment are likely better than A and M, but I'm not sure how much better. I I think it's going to be hold on to the ball for us and. Uh, stay out of the penalties, and I think we'll be fine. I really do. It, it's the right question. Tony, what you asked is exactly right. It, it, A&M didn't let us run the ball. Sean's right. But A&M did not load the box and say, we're going to force you to throw it. Right. They said, we're, we're going to try to stop you with five or six, and if you can block our five or six and get six yards, seven yards, 12 yards, no big deal. We'll stop you when you get to the red zone and make you get field goals, which is what they did. But can will Alabama try to stop us with five or six, or will Alabama say no? We're loading up with eight, and we're playing man coverage across the board, and we're not helping with safeties, and we're going to give you single coverage. And if Squirrel can run by our safety, like Jalen Hyatt ran by our safety five times last year, we'll, we'll do that. It's really interesting what Saban's going to do. It, it's against his will to play with five or six in the box. It's not what he wants to do, but is it the right thing to do against Tennessee? Is it the right thing to do against Josh Heupel? And my sense is that Alabama's better in their secondary than A&M is and probably has the personnel oh, sure. to play the way they want to play, especially their, their two corners. Sure. Now, they do have a but freshman at safety. They have a freshman at safety. And, you know, in, in normal circumstances, Heupel could take a freshman at safety and turn him inside out. With this quarterback and those wide receivers, I don't know that that's the case right now. Last year, it was simple. We, 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 we took their safety, number 13, who got drafted, by the way, pretty early. Really high, and, yes. And we put Jalen Hyatt in a place where that guy had to cover Jalen. Not one of the extra corners, not the third right. corner, not their faster safety, their strong safety. We kept forcing him to cover Jalen Hyatt, and it's a mismatch. And if, and if their freshman safety tries to cover Squirrel, it's a mismatch. I don't think Saban will, I don't think Saban will do it because Hype will prove to him last year he can pick on it. I don't know. I don't know that I'm going to use Squirrel and Hyatt in the same sentence, and and I don't know that Tennessee could connect. Uh, If I were them, I would take my chances until I saw Tennessee hit a couple. Yeah, maybe you do what Florida did. You come out, you show it, and let and and give Squirrel the one on one like Florida did. If Joe hits it, then you change. But maybe you come out and try try to stop us first. I don't know. It'll be interesting though because. there is there is little doubt that these two teams mirror each other offensively right now. There's no little doubt that's true. Tennessee's line's better than theirs, though. Although, do we drag our injury at tackle into the game? Uh, go ahead, Bry. Think about this for a second. Yeah. Brew McCoy, Squirrel White, 
and Jalen Wright have combined for two TDs all year. Man. And they're 5-1. and one. Man. Mm. <laughs> uh, Squirrel White doesn't have a TD yet. And all of Wright's have been like when he breaks one. Wright's not scoring. Wright's not getting the ball in the red zone. I think Jabari's got more touches in, the, in like inside the 10-yard line than Jalen has. It's, it's, yeah, right. Right had a forty-two there. yard run against South Carolina. That's it for him. Yeah, yeah. It, or or uh, and Milton has a bunch of short runs in the end zone too. Well, uh, even in the Virginia game, Jalen got us down to the ten yard line several times, and Dylan Sampson scored four touchdowns. Well, yeah, that's right. That's and right. Milton Milton likes to call his own number too on the goal that's line. Thing. On the yeah, goal line, as we've said, every every. I mean, hey, our Eagles. When we get to the goal line, it, uh, you can forget about a running back scoring a touchdown. It's going to be hurt. You you you, it, you get that extra blocker when the field shortens down near the goal line when you use the quarterback to run it in. It's a it's a it's the smart move, and we're doing it. How about this? Somehow teams keep blowing coverages versus Jalen Milrow. Happened three times yes. in that in that in that Arkansas game the other day. They're just I mean just, they got just caught looking inside. Team. Yep. Yeah, what are they doing? What I mean, if we can not blow coverages, we we can slow their offense down. But anyway, I'll let you boys go. Do, do you trust our secondary, Rusty, this week? Do you, are you buying the pro football hocus focus pocus that they've arrived? Maybe they have. I don't, I don't know. I don't know that I trust them to to cover elite receivers, but I think I trust them to like not just be idiots and 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 jump underneath routes and let somebody go run them by them for sixty yards. That's I mean that. You or I can not like not make that mistake. Just back up and don't go try to tackle the guy ten yards from you know the line of scrimmage when there's a guy running behind you for fifty. That's that's you know that's Milro keeps true. getting guys loose though, which is interesting. Nobody weird. thought this was going to. Ha- it's very strange. It's so weird. I yeah. mean, their their first two touchdowns, there was nobody within thirty. Yards oh no, of the receiver wide open. It, it, how how do you how do you, no, anybody can 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 at least be in the area? You may still get beat, but you can at least be near him. You know, it's weird. Anyway. Thank you, Rusty. Really strange game last week, that Arkansas game, because they only got three in the second half, and Arkansas took a lot of those big plays away. In fact, Arkansas started to fold them up as the game went on. And and that's where your co-defensive player of the week uh, came in, and, and the kid that shared the honors with Pierce, uh, Landon Jackson, White Lightning for Arkansas went off. Uh, this is a guy, Sean, that had three and a half sacks. He had 11 tackles in the game. And Bama had three points in the second half. I mean, that's – and they're holding on at the end of the game against a two-win football team. I think, the thing you want, I think the thing you want here is with Milrow is he's not Bryce Young where Bryce Young had an incredible ability to scramble around and keep his – keep his eyes on the play going on. I think that Milrow is a guy, much like Milton, that he, he very much sees the pass rush and then reacts to it. So any you don't have to get to him to get him affected. Uh, I think that if you get him on the move and, and play your zone or whatever, I think you've got a chance for tip balls. I think you've got a chance for overthrown balls. I think you've got a chance for your balls thrown into the dirt. Uh, so you don't have to necessarily get him down all that many times. If you can affect him with holding calls, yeah. you can affect him with uh, tackles jumping off sides because they're trying to get just a little bit more uh, space to get in front of Pierce. Uh, 
if you're attacking one side uh, with uh, Pierce, and then all of a sudden that frees up Roman Harrison. What a shame of that uh, that uh, uh, passing. I mean that uh, oh what the face mask penalty on Roman Harrison because that was a heck of a, a sack he had. Yep. Uh, but if he you let all those other guys go, and then uh, maybe I don't know if we have a guy that can spy on him, uh, but I really like the matchup there. And if they have to bring more people in to help, that just cuts down their options. That's exactly right. But these days, these modern guys, for whatever reason, will not max protect, and they will let their quarterbacks just sit back there and get teed off on. And that is what goes on with Milrow at times, uh, at least at later in that Arkansas game. To the radio listener, we're getting ready to leave you. The conversation is going to continue here at uh, tclub.team and Twitter Spaces X, whatever you call that thing, and wherever you find us. Make the switch to Twitch, all that good stuff you want to see.